Welcome. You're listening to the Oyster Podcast. For submissions and feedback, please contact us at theoyster at oyis.org or send us a voice message. Thank you and enjoy. Hey y'all, it's Felicia with recent school updates. This past Saturday, we had Sports Day, which I think I mentioned in our previous episode. The three activities that we took part in were soccer or football, then tug-of-war, then an obstacle course to finish the day off. During the tug-of-war, a group of parents joined in against a student team that beat all of the other student teams, and a few students from different teams combined efforts and uh, kind of joined that student team to try to beat the parents, but... Even with maybe 20 or so students on one side, the parents still won in under a minute. Uh, but we put, a, we put up a good fight. Uh, the football matches were also really enjoyable to watch and play in, and the obstacle course was pretty tiring, but also chaotic in a fun way. Um, and I've heard around campus this past week that people had a lot of fun, but were really sore the next day. This Thursday, the, th- the day before we all go on holiday for Golden Week, we also have our school talent show hosted once again by Karen from grade 11, as it was last year. And uh, many people are going to perform many different things, and there's been a lot of excitement about it for the past couple of weeks. So good luck to all the performers, or break a leg. When we come back from Golden Week, students and teachers will both be very busy because uh, MYP and DP grades all will be presenting various projects that they've been working on this year on the 11th and 12th. So that's community project for grade 8, service learning for grade 9, personal project for grade 10, and TOK for grade 11. Then there are parent-teacher conferences on the 13th and then prom on the 15th. So pretty eventful. <laughs> There have been announcements and updates from the prom committee during homerooms for grades 9 through 11, so make sure to consult them if there's anything you're curious about. Have a great Golden Week, everyone. We'll see you in the next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's media section. And today, I'm going to be talking about The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Um, This was a book that I didn't expect to like, to be honest. Um, I mean, I love dystopian books, but... And it is one of my favorites now, but um, at the time, just the idea of having like no defining structure in a book and such a limited amount of characters like kind of put me off. Um, but upon reading it, I was so pleasantly surprised, um, and I ended up recommending it to so many people I know. Um, family members read it. Um, I have some friends who read it, and so yeah, I was very unexpected. It was very unexpected, but I did really enjoy it and I wanted to recommend it since dystopian the dystopian genre is one of my favorites and this one would easily be in like my top three so yeah I'm gonna start off by talking about what I liked about this book and what I didn't like about this book things like that and who I would recommend this book to so please enjoy Okay, so starting off with what I liked about this book. Um, first off, the characters. I said in the, in my like intro that I didn't like that there were so few characters or that I thought that, that would put me off the story. But upon reading it, um, I was like proven very wrong. I loved the characters in these books. I thought they were so developed despite us not getting a lot of um, backstory into them. I should say that the two main characters in this book are like a father figure and a son 
and um, it's been a while since I've read this, but I believe they're not actually related, but they sort of are going through this dystopian world and trekking down this road, as you would guess, um, with just the two of them. But yeah, you don't get a lot of backstory into their relationship or what really brought them together or not much. I mean, it is explained vaguely, but you don't get a lot into it. And so that's very interesting. Um, You also don't get a great deal of development with other characters, obviously, because it's just the two of them talking all of the time. And so you don't really see them interact with anybody else. Um, And so the author, I think, really had a challenge um, because he has to develop these characters and make them make us care about them, especially in a dystopian book. It's very important to care about the characters because, you know, it's generally supposed to be sad or thrilling or like evoke some sort of um, negative emotion kind of. Um, And so he did an amazing job. I was so invested in these characters and every single time that they were put in a situation where they were facing some danger or we weren't sure if they were going to make it or anything, it was very scary and I found myself like addicted to the book I had to keep reading I had to know what was happening just because I loved the characters so much um yeah and that sort of brings me into my second point I love the stakes in this book I have never read a book where I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen I mean obviously I don't know what's going to happen a lot of the time in books but you sort of have this idea when you're reading books that nothing can happen to the main characters and they're not actually going to die because they're the protagonists and stuff. But this was the first book where I genuinely found myself questioning, like, are they going to live? Are they going to make it through this story? Because the author, like, established so early on that the stakes were so high. And he, Cormac McCarthy has, like, no problem detailing violence and all of this stuff. And I don't know, his writing style was so different. And this story was so unique from, like, anything I'd ever read before that I found myself questioning what I believed in this book and what I thought books were supposed to be and so I found that very interesting I loved the stakes and I loved that sort of element where I genuinely didn't know I was concerned for the character's safety um yeah another element is structure that I liked in this book I said in the intro as well that the structure and well the lack thereof was something that was concerning to me in the beginning and that I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get into but once I started, I realized that I honestly couldn't see this book being written any other way. Um, I couldn't see it being split up into chapters or sections and stuff like I, like most books are, just because it's so linear. I mean, I mean, you know, most books are in that sort of ch- like strict chapter sort of thing. Um, but this book obviously doesn't have that. Um, and I think it is a great choice because obviously in this story you've got these two characters going down a road and like trekking into some unknown thing they don't exactly know where they're trying to get to they don't know if they'll get there they don't know how they're going to collect supplies and resources um and it's very journey like it's like a slow paced adventure but it doesn't feel slow it's very difficult to explain but um throughout the story um you a great deal happens but not much happens if that makes sense it's very much just focused on their journey obviously and you would think that that would get boring and I when I went into this book thought that that would be boring I thought oh gosh there's no defining structure um there's no like chapters and things like that and it's just gonna be them walking down a road which is what it is but 
I found myself so interested in the characters and all of the little like stops they made along the way and all of the little dangers they came to face and all of the problems they had to fix. I just found it so interesting. Um, and so I think the structure really improved the story. And if that's something that you're worried about when you pick up this book, like that the story isn't going to be as complex because there aren't as many characters or because um, the structure is a little bit different and unconventional, I would not let that turn you away from the book because it is incredible. Um, I don't want to spoil the ending, so I'm not going to talk about the ending, but I loved it. I'm just going to say I loved the ending so much. I thought that it was so smart. I was, I think I can say it without spoiling, yeah. I, I was so upset when it ended. I, I'm someone who doesn't usually cry in books. I cry a lot in movies and shows, but I don't usually cry in books, but I found myself tearing up a little bit at the end, so there's that. Um. Another thing that I really like about this book are uh, that it's very ambiguous, especially with like the dystopian world. I mean, the world is quite developed for the fact that there's only two two main characters in this book. There's a few other people here and there, but it's mainly just them. Um, and the world is quite ambiguously made. Um, you don't learn a lot about how the world came to be like this. You don't learn a great deal about um, the so-called bad guys or anything like that. It's very, like, tunnel visioned. You're sort of looking through the perspective and the understanding of the characters, and so the audience doesn't know any more than the characters. Um, and I kept waiting and waiting for us to get some flashback or some, like, exposition or explanation of why the world was like this or something like that, but you don't really get that. You get a little bit of you get some hints here and there through like dream sort of sequences and the dialogue between the characters and you get the sense that especially the old man um the dad figure does know what's happened and that he has a deep understanding for it but because he's talking to a child he never feels the need to explain to him or like map out exactly what's going on and so we never understand it and i think that works really well i really enjoyed that it was or liked the fact that it was quite ambiguous and that we didn't know a lot because sort of left it up to our interpretation. And I feel like it made it a lot creepier and it made the stakes a lot higher because you genuinely don't know what's going on. Yeah, um, moving on to what I didn't necessarily like. Um, I was trying so hard to come up with things that I didn't like in this book and I really could only come up with things that I think it could improve on and not necessarily things I didn't like. Um, one of the things was the dream sequences. I think they're dream sequences. I might be wrong. But sort of when the father figure is like dreaming or like, I don't know, hallucinating kind of and talking to another character um, a little bit about the backstory. It's like about the extent that we get that we get of it. Um, and I think it could have had a little bit more. I love the fact, as I said previously, that it's very ambiguous. But I don't know. I felt like a little bit more backstory might have been nice. Just to how the world came to be this way. We get the right amount, I think, explaining how the world is currently. And how people are living in it. And, you know, the quote-unquote bad guys and stuff. But I would have liked a little bit more about how the world came to be like this. And what what went wrong and stuff like that. Um, 
I don't really fault the book for doing that because I really do understand why it chose to do that and I don't necessarily want it to change but I just think for my personal interest I would like to know. Yeah that's pretty much all I could come up with for things that I don't like. Um, It was really difficult so I don't really have much that I don't like. I did very much enjoy this book um, and I do know that there's a movie as well. I haven't seen the movie um, and so I don't know how that is, um, but my dad, who I recommended this book to and who read this book and loved it, watched the movie as well and he said that it was excellent. So, you know, if you are interested, you could check out the movie as well. I would really recommend this book to anybody, honestly. I mean, obviously, slightly older audiences because it can be a little bit graphic here and there with its depictions of violence and things like that. Um, But especially if you are a dystopian book fan, I highly recommend this book. Um, I, it's not like anything that I've ever read before. Um, I can't say that that there are is nothing else like this out there. I can't say that, but in my personal experience, it's unlike any book that I've read before. And I really intend to read more of his work because I think that this book was so good. Um, so yeah, please do not be turned away by like the unconventional structure or the small cast of characters because. You really will be surprised. I can guarantee it. Every time I explained this book to the people around me, they were originally like, "Mm, that doesn't sound like something I'd enjoy. You know, a lot of them don't read dystopian books a lot or they just weren't interested in this sort of thing. But as soon as you read it, it does change your mind and it does become very addictive. The imagery is amazing. Um, The dialogue is incredible. It's just, I have to know what happens all of the time, basically. It's great and simple story. It's a great and simple story. It's so impactful and digestible, um, and it's very addictive. So I do recommend it, and it does make you think at the end. It leaves you satisfied, but also wanting so much more. If that makes sense. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. The Nine-Tailed Fox, a Korean folktale. Once upon a time, there was a couple with three sons who dearly wished for a daughter. Every day, they visited a shrine on top of a mountain and prayed for nearly 1,000 days. One day, a hungry nine-tailed fox overheard the couple's prayer and decided to adhere to their wish as well as satisfying their hunger. A year later, a baby girl was born to the family. Because she was sweet and adorable, everyone loved her. The parents bought her several goods while her older brothers played with her. One day, the animals started to die one by one every night. What was strange was that each corpse was missing their liver. To solve this mystery, the father ordered his three sons to take watch and see who's the culprit. The two older brothers failed their mission because they fell asleep, but the youngest brother witnessed what happened. It was the youngest sister who murdered the animals. After midnight, she, transformed with a fox-like face and nine tails, crept into the barn, took out the liver, ate them, and went back to the house after returning to her human form. But when the third son told this to his father, the man didn't believe it. 
He instead became enraged for suspecting his daughter and kicked his son out of the house. Many years later, the son, grown into a married man, visited his hometown because he missed his family. During his journey, he carried three bottles, blue, white, and red that his wife gave to him for safety. When he reached there, however, it was empty except for his sister who looked more fox-like than ever. When she tried to invite up the man to her house, he told her he wanted vegetable pancakes so that he could escape. Before she went to the garden to get the vegetables, the sister tied up her brother with a rope so he won't escape. The brother did, however, untied himself, tied the rope to the door of the house, then ran away. When the brother felt desperate, he threw the blue bottle from his wife at the fox. The bottle produced a large river that troubled the fox, but she quickly swammed out and soon caught up with the man again. He then threw a white bottle where the fox was caught with thorny bushes. Even that didn't stop the fox, however, so the brother threw his last red bottle right at the fox. The red bottle summoned a large fire that burned the fox to her death, earning the brother his full escape. Our thought I offer you today is, we should trust our children. Thank you for listening to the Oyster Podcast. See you soon. <laughs>